Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. God, we know that there is something about that name. When we say it, when we, we breathe it, when we think it, we pray that it brings us closer to you. That when we hear that name Jesus, it reminds us of who and whose we are. So God, as we start this time together, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, this is uh, week three of our series called Blindsided, where we're looking at ways that we get blindsided in our lives. Uh, that that kind of makes us shake our heads and make us wonder, how in the world can we move on? We talked about cynicism. We talked about compromise. Today we are talking about disconnectedness. And, and, and with disconnectedness, I, I, I will admit, uh, I was having a really hard time coming up with a sermon illustration, something to, to really bring out and, and, and to talk about what it means to be disconnected. Then Thursday night happened, and then Friday night happened. I said, I got it. I'm all ready to go now. We had a power failure at our house. Now, this wasn't a normal power failure. Our, our youngest son, Jacob, is home with us right now, and, and he uh, called Tracy and said that the power is doing something weird at our house. And he didn't know exactly, he couldn't quite explain what it was, but before Tracy got home, the power came back on, and we were absolutely fine for the rest of the evening. Then, la- then Friday night happened. Uh, we went to go pick up Samuel, our, our grandson, and we brought him home for overnight so we can get up early and head up to Denton for his uh, birthday celebration on Saturday. And Tracy got home before I did, and the garage door wouldn't work. So I pulled up, not checking text messages, and was trying to open up the garage door myself, and it wouldn't work. So I pulled Sam out of the car, and we walked up to the front door and opened up the door to a dark house. There was nothing going on inside of our house. So we started to look around, and Tracy called uh, GPNL to see what was going on, and they said that they would send somebody out. So I decided to go next door to see if it wasn't a neighborhood problem compared to just something with our house. And I knocked on the door of our neighbors, and I answered the door, and I said, do you have power? And the next door neighbor said, you know, this is a really weird thing. We have power on in the back of our house, but in the front of our house, we don't have power. I said, huh, that's weird, yeah. He said, I went and flipped the breakers, and, and the lights in the back of the house came on, but like I said, we don't have air conditioning, we don't have other power. We've called the electric company, too, and they said that they were on their way. So I walked back to our house and opened up the, the breaker box, and I flipped all the switches, and the exact same thing happened to us. 
we had lights on in our bedroom, but the rest of the house had no power. And we've never dealt with this before. So we, we flipped other lights on to see what was going on, and we noticed that our ceiling fan started to turn really, really slow. And then the lights that we flipped on in the kitchen, they started to glow a little bit and then fade and glow and fade. And we, it just baffled us what all of this was happening. So we went outside when the uh, power uh, guy got there and, and we're looking back in the alleyway. And sure enough, what happened, the, the breaker box or, or the big transformer that was on the ground got hit by somebody driving through our alley. And it knocked it loose. And when the uh, electrician or the electric guy got there, the li- like that official term, the electric guy, when he got there, he opened it up and realized that some of the cables were disconnected. Where, so that's why we were able to get a little bit of power, but our whole house wasn't working. When I saw that, when I heard that, I realized, you know, that kind of talks about disconnectedness, doesn't it? Sometimes in our lives... We may have some things that, that, that's clicking on all cylinders, that, that's just running, but there are other times that there's other places where we just feel drained. Or, or we feel like maybe we have something that's working well, but we could tell inside of our lives that something is disconnected. And we've got to figure out how is it that we can get everything back in line. So that's all I got today. So no, just disconnectedness. You know, uh, I remember back in 2008, I was trying to find a way to get reconnected with people that I loved. I I moved to Texas uh, in 2000 to go to the seminary, and I stayed. And, you know, we had that old-fashioned communication stuff with the the landline and and maybe the the flip phone that we could call and, and possibly start texting people. But then something came along in 2008 that kind of changed the way that I was able to be connected to people around me. And that's something called Facebook. And on April the 17th, 2008, I opened up my Facebook account, and I I graced everyone with this profile picture. It's a picture that I took on a, on a youth trip whenever I was doing youth ministry. And, yeah, people had to look at that. And I had friends from high school and middle school, family members that, that started to become my, my friends. Look at that. And we, we got connected with them. We started to share things like, you know, what are you up to? What's going on in your life? Man, we're getting really old. All, all of those type of things that you, you start sharing on Facebook that, that you know, they're not really groundbreaking, deep conversations, but they're ways for us to, to start connecting with one another. But then I realized that the connections that I had on Facebook weren't really that strong. I just looked yesterday at my, how many friends, as you quote, friends, I have on Facebook. And currently, I have 1,730 friends. There is absolutely no way that you can stay 
connected with 1,730 friends. I did a little research around our area, and in 2017, the population over in Caddo Mills was 1,500. So I have more friends on Facebook than the city of Caddo Mills has in population. And I can't imagine if I were living in Caddo Mills, there's absolutely no way that I could keep track and keep connected with 1,500 people, let alone 1,730. But we try. And, and, and we keep up the appearances. We, we post things. We, we share things. We complain about things. We post vague memes thinking that people, uh, hopefully the people will catch what we're trying to say. But every single time, it leaves us in a way that we are a little more disconnected from each other. Now, disconnectedness is not a social media problem. Social media does not make us disconnected. Disconnectedness is a human problem, and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and name your social media platform that you like, those help feed this disconnected problem. When we look at our scripture this morning, it gives us a way to help us see how we can stay connected with each other, and it's not through a social media post. It's not through a phone call. It's not through uh, maybe even writing a letter. But there is a way that we can stay connected. So I invite you to look at our scripture from Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 19 through 22. <coughs> Hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes about Jesus, and he said, He came and preached peace to you who are far away, and peace to you who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rise to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as people of faith, we know that through Christ, we are being built together as, as a temple or as a dwelling place for, for God's spirit to dwell and to live. It's so easy to get disconnected, though. If we take a look at, at how our lives live, how, how we live our lives and how we, we talk and how we treat other people, we see that a lot of the things we do tend to disconnect rather than connect. Take example, social media posts. A lot of the social media posts out there are more of a monologue that that presents your view and then tries to convince people to go along with what you believe is true. 
Last week, I, I mentioned the activities that were happening in our school district, and, and there was a, a school board meeting, and there were more social media posts that was about that, and I, I was looking through the replies on this post, and I saw that exact same thing. I saw people not wanting to listen, not wanting to care about the other people in the dialogue. They wanted to make sure that their monologue lifted above the other noise that was happening on that post. Can I give you a little bit of a, a, a secret here? There are times as a pastor that I hate sermons. Now, you may be saying that just sitting there on the pews. There are times that you hate sermons too. But the reason why I say that is because what, what's happening here? This is not a dialogue. This is Pastor Chris standing up here on the platform for 20, 22, 25, but because Christina needs to go somewhere and pick up an animal, I'm going to make sure I go 45 minutes today. No, just kidding. Yes, your dad told on you. But it's t you know, it takes me you know, 20 to 23 minutes where I am giving you my opinion. A and there's no feedback to this during this worship time. You take what I say, and then you do what you want to with it. You either can apply it with your life, or you could say, wow, Pastor Chris was so way off what he was saying today that I'm not even going to listen. Or you can then spin it the way that you want to spin and start your own monologue. See, that is the importance of being connected with a group. It allows you the opportunity to, to take what is presented and then discuss it with people that you are in relationship with. And then hopefully God's word and God's message will come out of that to bring life, to bring truth, to bring a way forward so that we can then live as true disciples of Jesus Christ. See, it is so easy to, to pass on monologues to say that what we are saying is true dialogue, but it's not. It just helps advance a viewpoint that you may hold dear to your heart. Another way that we can get disconnected through our words is that we just take a look at the headlines and then we just run with it. That happens more and more. Another social media post that I saw was uh, talking about how there was a survey done, and, and I believe the headline officially said that over half of all Americans think that schools should not teach Arabic numbers. Half of the school, half of the population believes that schools should not teach Arabic numbers. Well, if you remember what Arabic numbers are, that's 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Those are the Arabic numbers. And we can go into the history lesson of how they came about and how they spread and all that stuff. But the headline was written to cause outrage because, well, how stupid are some people that they don't know that Arabic numbers are what they read. But if you go deeper into the article, you see that half of all Americans was really just 
3,000 people who were surveyed for this article. And in that survey, there were a whole bunch of other questions that were there to trip people up to make them feel stupid, if you will. But it's so easy to grab a hold of a headline and blast it out there so that your opinion, your value, your viewpoint is pushed out there where others are then minimized or are made to feel not appropriate. It takes a lot more, and it's a lot harder today to get connected, to, to see the true discussion in the midst of a world that gives us a lot of noise and a lot of distraction. And if you're like me, when I start seeing stuff like that, I become disconnected. I, I turn that off and I stop going to news sources and I stop really looking at Facebook except if I see cute pictures of dogs and cats or, or grandbabies or kids. You know, those are the only things that I really start to pay attention to because I just don't want to deal with the noise. So how do we, as people of faith, how do we combat this, this way of adding noise and, and this way of being disconnected? First of all, we have to be genuine. We have to be who God has created us to be. And you know, people are going to have problems with that. If you share who you are and, and whose you are, there are going to be, be people who will take offense to that. But the fact of the matter is, it's not their opinion that matters. It's your relationship with God that helps guide you and lead you through those difficult times. And then we have to take time to listen. You know, every single person has a story to tell. And through the love and grace of Jesus Christ, if we take time to listen, we may then understand we may not agree. We may not uh, come to a, a viewpoint where we all say this is what we need to do, but we can understand where other people are coming from. And the last way to do that is just to get plugged in. You know, if, if you are just one of those people that, that loves to look at a screen and, and see the things that, that fly by and you refuse to get involved with the life around you, you're going to miss out. You're going to feel unplugged. You're going to not hear what is happening in the world around you. But unfortunately, as our scripture says, there is another way that we can get disconnected. And that is when we forget that Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. See, Christ is that, that singular block or that singular, singular place where we can truly get connected into. One of my favorite things as past uh, youth ministry-wise was going to Juarez, Mexico, where we built concrete cinder block homes for families in uh, one of the poor uh, stricken areas in Juarez. And these families, as they uh, migrated to Juarez, they would find whatever they can, uh, pallets, uh, slight pieces of wood, plastic, 
uh, whatever to build these little shacks that people would, uh, would live in, like families with five, six, eight children would live into. And Proyecto Abrigo would come along and they would build a concrete cinder block home for these families to move out of these unsafe buildings into a strong, sturdy surface. And this was a great, a great mission experience. You and a bunch of youth or adults would go and you would start digging a trench. And as soon as the trench was built, you would step away from the work and maybe start mixing uh, concrete for for the maestros that were on the site with you. And then the maestros would then take concrete cinder blocks and they would start at one corner and they would place each cinder block. So a firm corner, a firm foundation was started and they would move to the next corner and then the next corner and then the next corner. And then they would just turn the youth and the, the adult, the workers loose to help put all of the cinder blocks in place for that home. And I remember asking one of the maestros, aren't you worried about what the, what the youth are doing? And they said, no, because we had the cornerstone. We had the corners of the house lined up and strong and sure that we know that the work that the youth will do will build upon that to make a home safe and secure for the family that will move into it. So that's how it is with our lives. As followers of Jesus Christ, we build our house on the strong cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Or another way, as we can put it from, from John chapter 15, Jesus is talking to his disciples and says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. And then he continues in verse 4, and he says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. See, the way that we stay connected to our cornerstone is that we stay connected to what Christ has given us to do. And one of the ways that we do that is discovering those gifts that God has given each and every one of us. Had a former senior pastor in, in Rowlett, whenever she would get up and, and start her worship service together, she would say, you know what, we are glad you're here because God has you here for a purpose and God has gifts and graces for you to use to build the church of Jesus Christ. See, we all have spiritual gifts that, that we can use that can benefit one another, that can benefit the body of Christ, that can benefit the community that God has placed us in to serve. So my first challenge for you, uh, if you are on Facebook, you can easily do, let's <laughs> talk about social media, but if you are on our, our, our events and prayers page, uh, today there is going to be a link set up to a spiritual gift inventory. And I invite you to go and fill out that inventory and see what your gifts are. And then after you do that, post it below so we know what our spiritual gifts are and how we can use those gifts to build God's kingdom. <coughs> then we connect to serve. I don't know if you've had a chance to get over to Wesley Hall, but we have a new wall set up 
in the room. I know April and Jonelle and Jim and others have uh, worked tirelessly to get this up and running. But we call this our Say Yes board. And in this bo- on this board, there are different ways that you can get connected in the life of our church. There are small groups that you can get connected with. There are, are ways that you can help with our, our children's program or our youth ministry, our ushers and our greeters. Am I missing anything or is that? Huh? AV team, that's another way to get all of these ways that you could get plugged in to help the, use the gifts that God has given you to serve. My hope and my prayer is that as you go and you discover what your gifts are, that you take them and get plugged in to the church. Because my friends, my senior pastor Jan was right, that the church is better because you are involved in it. And, and you take your gifts and graces and you build upon the foundation we have in Jesus Christ to share God's love with the world around us. So that leaves us with our spiritual practices for this week. One of the ways that we can help battle disconnectedness is that we have to foster good conversations. You have to take the opportunity not just to drone on monologue after monologue after monologue to try to to prove your point, but to take time to listen, to foster a great conversation so that you can hear that, that will move you from how are you to fully understanding or fully realizing the people that you are talking to. The other way is that we have to get disconnected to get connected. Now, I'm not saying, you know, go and shut down your Facebook account today, but I'm saying sometimes you need to just step away of all the noise and all the clamor so that you can listen to what God is calling you to do. One of my favorite stories is uh, about a pastor uh, who was uh, connecting with uh, Dallas Willard. Uh, John Ortberg is is the pastor, and he's written several books. And I know I've seen this on on different books that I've read, but uh, John Ortberg was really concerned because he was starting a brand new church, and there was a lot of busyness and a lot of activity so he reached out to Dallas Willard and said, Dallas, what, what can I do? How can I be fully open to God in my life? And Dallas Willard said that you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And John Oprig wrote that down. He said, okay, what next? He missed the point. And Dallas came back and said, there is nothing else. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So I gave you some tips on how you can do that. You know, shut off everything except background noise, background music at dinner. No phones or TV. Make it a sit down and chat kind of meal time. You know, when we had the power failure with Samuel on Wednesday, on Friday night, we were wanting to fill that time with noise and fill that time with activity, but with no power, we weren't able to. So we went and pulled out some board games, and we sat down in front of our big sliding glass window so we can have enough light coming in, and we played board games, and that was so much fun. 
and he did it as a six-year-old. He was able to sit there and participate, and he did a great job with that. But it was that kind of forced, intentional unplugging from all of the noise and all of the distractions that are around us and to sit down as a family to listen and to play a board game with each other. There are other activities there or other uh, suggestions there, and I just invite you to do that because, my friends, it is more important for us to stay connected with each other and for us to stay connected with a God who loves us and cares through us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, than it is making sure that we catch up on what the latest status is, what the latest in-trend is, or what the latest thing that is posted on social media. It is our relationship with God that allows us to, to move into the world around us and share a message of hope and love that Jesus has placed in each one of our hearts. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us many different ways to, to be connected. And if we're not careful, we know that those connectedness can make us disconnected. They can turn off our hearts, turn off our minds, and we just become people who just spouse our views and our ways because, well, we're right and everybody else is wrong. Lord, we repent of those uh, ideas. And we ask that you help us to stay connected in you. And let your spirit move in and through us so that we can see what gifts we have to offer to the world around us so that your glory may be proclaimed. And we pray this in the name of the one who loves us and cares for us, Jesus our Lord. Amen.